Hi, my name is Josh Reyes, and I live in Walla Walla, Washington. Borrowing a phrase from Apostle Paul, I am a son and servant of God. I am really excited and feel so blessed to be starting this podcast series based upon what I feel is the urging of the Holy Spirit. I've been impressed to call it The Walk. The purpose of this podcast is to air short and easy-to-listen-to interviews of real people from various walks of life sharing their Christian experience. The real day-to-day walk, the highs, lows, fears, anxieties, the guilt, shame, the rewards, the victories, and stories of redemption. To be able to provide an avenue where people can share their personal struggles, the ups and downs that we all experience in our walk with God, and the amazing things that He has done and is doing in our lives. So let me tell you my story and how this project came to be. I am married, and this May I will be celebrating 19 years of marriage to my wonderfully made and perfect God-chosen life partner, Kara. We have three children, a 15-year-old daughter with autism, Ella, a 12-year-old son, Ethan, and an 8-year-old daughter, Ava. We also have a 3-year-old foster son who has been living with us for almost two and a half years. I am an internal medicine nurse practitioner coming on my 14th year of practice. I was born in Panama City, Panama. I am the fourth of five siblings, and at the age of six, my family moved to the U.S. seeking a better life for their children. We lived in Miami, Florida for about four to five years, then moved to Orlando following my dad's work. When I was 12, my father suffered a devastating hemorrhagic stroke, leaving him incapacitated and unable to work. Due to our financial struggles, we moved to Walla Walla, Washington because we have an uncle who lives here and he had invited us to live with him. Now, as an adult, I recognize what a gesture of love it was for him to invite my family, both my parents and their three children who were still living at home at that time, into his house to live with his family. This move to Walla Walla was one of the best things that happened to me and one of the many ways in which God has shifted my life's direction. My biggest life opportunities all happened here. I was raised Seventh-day Adventist and blessed to have attended private SDA schools for all but one year of my K-12 education. As many parents, I'm sure my parents made several mistakes and did many things right, but they totally nailed two things that to me stand out as being critical to my development and growth and just the best things that they could have ever done for me. Number one, I was loved. For better or worse, I knew that I was loved and that I had a place where I belonged. I had my people. And number two, I was taught how to love God. For as long as I can remember, I have loved the Lord, and there is not a memory that I have where He has not been a part of my life. These two things have been instrumental in my journey, and by giving me these, my parents have set me up for success. I graduated high school from Walla Walla Valley Academy, which is where I first met my wife during my freshman year, but due to my lack of confidence and timing, we were only friends at that time. After high school, I joined the local fire department as a volunteer resident firefighter and became an EMT with the plan to make this my career. This experience taught me so much about discipline and the value of consistency. During my time as a firefighter, I attended Walla Walla Community College working on a fire science and general transfer degree. To make an income while attending college, I also worked for an agency that subcontracted with the state caring for children with disabilities who lived at home with their parents and others who were living in foster homes. During my early college years, I was all about my experience and living in the moment. I lived a very secular life, partying, drinking, and dating, but despite my wandering, God was always a part of my life. 
I remember going to church hungover or listening to worship music through headphones on the Sabbath while I traveled with my soccer team to play games. Although my life did not reflect God's nature, His presence was always there. One night, while I was out at a bar partying on a Saturday night, God brought my now wife Kara, who by the way doesn't really go out, into the bar I was at because she was looking for another friend, but instead she found me. To be honest, it was divine intervention and some liquid courage that gave me the confidence to approach her, which then moved our relationship from just being friends to a romantic journey. Having already known each other for five to six years, we had a strong friendship as a foundation. But let me be clear, I'm not recommending that people go searching for a life partner at a bar or under the influence. I'm just being real about how God did it in my life. After four years of volunteering as a firefighter and EMT, I was finally hired by another fire department, but then three days after being a paid firefighter, this door slammed shut on me and I lost my job. Prior to this time, my mother had encouraged me to apply to the community college's nursing program as a plan B in case firefighting didn't work out for me, since there's often a lot of competition for just a few positions. That same week that I lost my job as a firefighter, I also received my letter of acceptance into the nursing program. Although this abrupt change in career pathways was devastating, God had a plan that was bigger than I could ever imagine, and I had no idea. The summer between my first and second year of nursing school, Kara and I got married. Upon completing the nursing program, I decided to continue my education attending Washington State University to obtain a bachelor's degree in nursing. While attending WSU, I worked as a registered nurse, mostly in the ER. Working as a nurse, it became very clear how much I loved science and medicine as God allowed my confidence to build and desire to have more autonomy. I felt led by God to continue my education and applied for a master's degree at WSU. God blessed my studies, and I graduated with a master's degree as a family nurse practitioner in December 2008 and became board certified a month later. Prior to getting married, Carrie and I had talked about adopting children, but as many couples do, shortly after getting married, we tried to get pregnant. Unfortunately, Kara's endometriosis was so severe that she was having constant pain and would finish her day's teaching, then have to get in bed with a heating pad on her abdomen trying to get some relief. After a few years of marriage and feeling led by God, we decided to pursue adoption through the state's Foster Adopt program. We first met Ella when she was six months old and we brought her home, then able to adopt her about two years later. Being young and inexperienced, having things go so smoothly for us on this first attempt, we were naive to the risk associated with the Foster Adopt program. About one and a half years after getting Ella, we were called about a four-week-old baby boy that needed a home and an adoption placement. We brought him home with a plan to adopt, but after six months, we had him taken when the state identified extended family in another state. This loss was devastating and left us deeply hurt. A few years later, we were called about a 14-month-old baby boy that needed a home and to be adopted. We were blessed to meet our son, Ethan, and bring him home and eventually adopt him a couple years later. We were at peace with our family group and felt that it was complete. We received a call about one year after getting Ethan regarding a pair of twins that were in the system and needed a home with a plan for adoption. After multiple prayers and conversations, we felt led to bring the girls into our home with a plan to adopt. The process appeared to progress as anticipated, but after having them be part of our family for one year, 
we were surprised by the fact that their grandmother had filed for guardianship and both girls were removed from our home. This second loss felt even more devastating and left us in a really dark place. After months of trying to carry on and find some type of resolution about what had occurred, we felt determined that we were done working with the state and for the good of our family, we were going to let our license expire and we were definitely not going to try that again. About one year after losing the twins, we received a call from the state about a safe haven baby that had been born at the hospital in the same system that employed me. So there we are, not on any waiting list, not asking for a baby, not licensed, but God gave us a call. My first answer was no. The pain previously experienced was way too much. But after 24 hours of talking about it and praying, we decided to say yes. We were blessed to meet our daughter Ava when she was one day old. We'd never experienced anything like this before. We had hospital bands placed on our wrists with tears filling our eyes as we were overwhelmed with emotion. She was baby Reyes. She had lung issues due to meconium aspiration and bilateral pneumothorax, so she had to be flown to a hospital 45 minutes away that could provide a higher level of care. While in the NICU, we got to do skin-to-skin kangaroo holds, and God gifted us the whole experience of being able to take a baby home from the hospital, which we'd never done before. Our hearts and family were full. My practice continued to grow through the years under God's blessing, and he gifted me with great friendships and mentors who invested and poured into me personally and as a clinician. Professionally, I had been so greatly blessed by God. We got to the point where we felt we had everything we wanted and started to just live life and plan our travels around the world. I refer to this phase as we were ready to coast. The last few years of this stage, we had transitioned to a non-denominational church, feeling very spirit-led, and our relationship with God had blossomed there and just became so alive. Once again, God was shaping our lives and redirecting our path. Although we were ready to coast, we individually started to feel impressed by God that we should do more. Perhaps He had blessed us so much that we could bless others. We felt that God had given us a heart and a gift to care for children, so after several conversations together, we both heard God's call to open our home to other children. Let me be clear, my family was definitely complete, and neither one of us felt the need to have any more children. So I felt fostering was what God was asking us to do, but my wife thought perhaps it was adoption. After discussing and seeking godly wisdom, we decided to let God be the tiebreaker and just step out in faith. But I was definitely hoping for a temporary fostering opportunity because this allowed me to safeguard my life, thinking I knew what I was walking into. We started the foster licensing process again, and shortly after completion, got a call to care for a three-year-old boy. He spent six months in our home, and we developed such a bond. We knew that it was temporary, but it was still sad and painful to see him leave the day before Thanksgiving. At least we were prepared, but that didn't lessen the loss. Two days prior to having him leave, the state called us about another boy who was eight months old. We both quickly said no and told him that we needed some time to heal. But then five days after having that three-year-old boy move out, the state called again, asking about that same eight-month-old baby boy. Again, our answer was no. But after repeated calls and negotiating, we agreed to have him for one night so that they could regather the next day and work on resources for a more long-term placement. I remember initially I was mad at God because he and I had talked and I thought he understood that my plan was to give us some time in between so that we could heal. But God spoke very clearly to us that night. And now, 
almost two and a half years later, that boy is still with us and so much a part of our family. He's been such a blessing to us. The ending of this chapter story has yet to be written, but we are praying and submitting ourselves to his service, trusting that his way will be far better than ours, even if it means pain again. Now, this brings me to my current season in life. Having been so richly blessed by God in so many ways, on December 27, 2020, I came down with COVID-19. Our whole family had it, except for my 8-year-old, who apparently has an immune system that rocks. Kara and I spent three weeks laying around, barely able to even parent due to headaches, fatigue, dizziness, and nausea. After almost one month of not working, I tried to go back to work, but I quickly realized that I was nothing close to who I was prior to COVID. I started working four hours, but then had to go home and lay down, not only because I was so fatigued, but my brain fog, headaches, and imbalance were so strong that I could not practice medicine. This was very difficult for me, not just because of how I felt, but also accepting my limits, which unlike anything else in the past that I had faced where I could push through, this time, the harder I pushed, the harder it pushed back, and I learned that pushing for a few more hours would end up costing me days of missed work, so it wasn't a good exchange. Although I made some improvements, I would continue to have significant limitations in my ability to work and do any physical or mental exertion. Still, despite the challenges and personal trials, God's protection and provision never failed. I was blessed with employers who were extremely understanding and accommodating, and my patients have been overwhelmingly supportive during this process. Spiritually, repeatedly getting knocked down physically and mentally, having to spend one to two days in bed every one or two weeks with what I can describe best as feeling drunk and hungover at the same time, unable to do much, was such a challenge that it would nearly break me and many days I could feel sliding into a pit of depression. I praise God for giving me the strength and resources through His Word, worship, my wife, and friends to hang on and claw my way out. This has probably been the most challenging season personally for me. But one of the most valuable lessons that I have learned from this experience has been the incredible power of worshiping when you are down. In August 2021, God blessed me with healing during my church's men's camp. I experienced complete reprieve for three months, still a little fatigue, but I could feel my body recuperating, and I did not have to miss any work during that time. After three months, my symptoms slowly started to come back and caused me to miss work again and limit my progress. Currently, I am practicing at about 70% of my pre-COVID capacity. Still, God is good and continues to be our provider. I have to lay down and rest twice daily while at work for 20 minutes in the mid-morning and one hour at lunch. On my days off, I just nap for about one hour midday. Thinking and working on the computer tend to make my head worse the longer I do it without a break. After a year of laying on the floor of my office to rest or nap while at work, my wife decided to buy me a cot so that I could be more comfortable. Me, I was just waiting for this to go away. Any day now. But it was this process that led me to this podcast. It was on one of those bad days while at the office seeing patients when I had to cancel my morning so that I could lay in my office for several hours trying to sleep hoping that the rest would let me improve and salvage the afternoon. While laying on my cot I was listening to Christian music as I usually do, this time through Spotify, the free version of course because I'm too cheap to pay for it, when a commercial came on about nail polish and how they give the different colors their name. I felt that this was so trivial and I could not believe there was an actual audience for this meaningless topic. That's when the Holy Spirit spoke to me. If there's an audience big enough to advertise a podcast about nail polish, 
then there's definitely an audience that wants to hear a positive message about the power of God and what he is doing in people's lives. It was clear that this was God's voice because it was definitely not me. I have never had any aspirations or ambition to be in social media, broadcast, or speak publicly. Still, after this season of growth, I have been convicted about choosing to surrender. So I told God, I'm here and I'm available. But if you want me to do this, then you're going to have to show me how and provide whatever resources are needed. I felt so strongly about this that while laying there, I decided to call Kara and tell her about my recent experience and what I was hearing from God. Sometimes I feel that we just need to speak things out in faith, otherwise they tend to sit in our heads and disappear without any action. Kara was very supportive and encouraging about what I felt was a crazy idea. About one week later, I met my friend Len for early morning coffee, as I typically do several days per week with various friends. Our talk was so good, he began to share about his experience leading a small group from our church called Fresh Starts. And as he talked, sharing how much he enjoyed interacting with the attendees, just being real about life and struggles and what God is doing, I felt that the Holy Spirit was speaking directly through him, as if he had been interviewing for the podcast that God had placed in my mind. I clearly felt impressed to share this with him at that time and told him the vision that God had given me and the calling that he had put on my heart. His reaction and reception to this word were encouraging and full of affirmation that this is what God wanted me to do. We talked about who we knew that could help with the technology and equipment part of this project. God then put the name of another friend from church on my mind, Johnny. I texted Johnny and invited him for morning coffee, as I often do many guys, but made no mention about my plans or even that I had a specific agenda. I had been blessed to get to know Johnny more through the years and knew that he was a man who loves God, but was also very blessed with knowledge and skills regarding the technical stuff that would be needed for this project. I had felt urged to invite Johnny for coffee much earlier, but hadn't done that yet. Now I had a clear directive from God with a specific purpose. I clearly remember the morning at Starbucks as Johnny came in. He briefly greeted me as we casually do, then jumped right in and asked me what God was speaking to my heart. Those words just hit me. I felt like the Holy Spirit had just reached into my chest and was pulling out my purpose. I planned to just visit with Johnny for a while, then at some point in our conversation, feel him out and see if he would be open to helping me with this idea. But that was not what God had planned. With a question like that, there was no going around the bush. So I told Johnny, all right, you want to know what God is speaking to me? So here it is. Johnny was so receptive and it was clear that this was so much in his wheelhouse that it would be no problem for him. After delivering my message, we then got to just share about life. Exactly one hour and one minute after Johnny's text, my wife sent me a picture of the pond behind our new house. It was so peaceful. I must have felt a bit stressed that morning because seeing the picture made me think of God speaking peace over my life and letting me know that he had me. I had a verse come to my mind, the verse from Isaiah talking about, I knew you from the womb and you are mine. So wanting to read the actual verse in its entirety, I decided to Google it using keywords. But instead, God led me to Jeremiah, which has now become a part of the name for this project. Jeremiah 1 verse 4 through 9 says, The word of the Lord came to me saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Ah, sovereign Lord, I said, I do not know how to speak. I am only a child. But the Lord said to me, do not say I am only a child. You must go to everyone I send you to and say whatever I command you. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you and will rescue you, declares the Lord. 
Then the Lord reached out his hand and touched my mouth and said to me, Now I have put my words in your mouth. That moment left me stunned. Those were the exact words and feelings that I had shared with God about my lack of preparation and skill set needed for this project. He was speaking to my fears, anxieties, and directly to my soul. So, I decided to make the purchase, totally stepping out in faith on the word that he'd given me. A few days later, a large box arrived to my house, and I opened the large box, which contained a bunch of smaller boxes, each of them holding the individual equipment parts that I needed. I saw them there but left the boxes closed and moved the big box into my bedroom, placing it in the corner, and then life just carried on. The next week, I woke up with my body buzzing after a restless night with very vivid and weird dreams. This is a pattern that I have experienced now for almost a year and a half, so I know what this meant, that it was going to be a bad day. I got out of bed feeling unsteady and went to brush my teeth, but was struggling. I did my Bible reading that day and sent a verse from my reading along with a song to several friends as I typically do in the mornings, but then headed back to bed, not feeling well, and texted the clinic that I needed to call in sick for that day. I've tried to push through days like this before, but it never works out. Not only do I feel unsteady and nauseated, but I just can't think. I cannot practice medicine when I'm feeling this way. I slept until about noon that day. When I had a dream that I had woken up and was walking around my house, interacting with my wife and my children, but something was off. They were upset with me and I felt confused. I realized that I was still sleeping and it was just a dream, so I needed to wake up. I tried to wake up, then walked out of my bedroom and realized again that I was still sleeping. It was just a dream. So again, I tried to wake up, but still the same scenario just kept playing over and over. For about four to five times, I would wake up thinking I was awake, and then find out that I was still living in this dream world. It started to become very distressing. I felt like there was a force over me, like a heavy blanket that was keeping me asleep and did not want me to wake up. I then heard a loud voice say, wake up, and repeat the command again. I remember using all of my focus, including some physical effort, to wake up, push the sheets off of me, and sit up in bed. By this time, I was in tears and feeling so distressed about this dream or reality or whatever was going on. I did not know what to make of all of this. Was this just a bad dream for my COVID brain or was God trying to speak to me? I did not know. Feeling disturbed and confused, I called Kara who came and talked me through this. We prayed together and I told her that I could not go back to sleep. I felt that God was wanting me to be awake. I needed to do the task at hand. And at that time, I felt it was to go to work. Perhaps there was a patient at the office that I was supposed to see or talk to, or just be there for something. And the devil was trying to keep me out of the game by having me lay in bed. Despite feeling terrible, I got out of bed and told Kara I am going to work. She disagreed, but told me that if I insisted on going to work, then she would at least drive me there. I jumped in the shower and started to play music on my phone as I usually do. I chose to play the same song that I had paired up with a Bible verse from my reading earlier that day. I decided to read that same verse again. It was from 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 5-11. through You are children of the light and children of the day. We do not belong to the night or to the darkness. So then, let us not be like others who are asleep, but let us be awake and sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk, get drunk at night. But since we belong to the day, let us be sober, putting on faith and love as a breastplate, and the hope of salvation as a helmet. 
For God did not appoint us to suffer the wrath, but to receive salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. He died for us so that whether we are awake or asleep, we may live together with him. Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up. My song for that day was Ready or Not by Hillsong. So there I was in the shower when the lyrics of the song spoke to me so clearly. As I stood looking through the glass shower, I could see the box of equipment in the corner of my bedroom unopened. I then knew what God wanted me to do. Ready or not, I needed to move forward on his word. I fell to my knees in tears and humbled at his persistence to talk to me about what he had already asked me to do. My task for that day was to put the equipment together and move forward on the word that God had already given me. I had already canceled work, so my schedule was completely open. I let Karen know about the change in plans and how I felt impressed that it wasn't the office God wanted me to wake up for, but instead with the purpose of starting in on his project. So here it is. This is my first recording in a project placed by God in my heart during a bad day of what's supposed to be one of the darkest seasons. But like many other times in my life, out of the bad, I have seen his beauty. I felt impressed to call this podcast The Walk, a Jeremiah 1-9 project. I'm doing this not because I'm qualified or skilled, but because he's called me to do it. My story is not done, and he's asking me to share it now, not later. Looking back, I have been extensively training, interviewing people after almost 14 years of practicing medicine when I sit one-on-one with individuals talking about some of the most intimate and private issues. Now, because this is the introduction to the project and it allowed me to share my testimony, this has been long and narrative format. But my plan is to put out short, easy-to-listen-to interviews and conversations with people from various backgrounds as they share their testimony about what God has been doing and is doing in their lives. I am not a theologian, a Bible scholar, professor, or have any measurable qualifications to do this. But there are great videos and podcasts out there to meet those needs, and if that's what you're looking for, then please search those. But my goal and calling is to use this project to share diverse stories and testimonies regarding the day-to-day real experience of the Christian walk. Nothing pretty but His power. All of this is for His glory. I pray that it reaches souls in this thirsty world and push forth His kingdom. I thank you for your time, and I hope that listening to these podcasts helps to strengthen you, encourage you, and promote your walk and relationship with our great God. I am really excited to see what God is going to do with this project. Have a blessed day.